Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of Sports Spectrum is brought to you by Compassion International, the most trusted child development ministry in the world. For more information about how you can release a child from poverty, go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Pray about it. It's $38 tax deductible and a great opportunity for you to provide a child in need with hope, food, education, medical care, and vocational training. All done in Jesus' name. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Today on the podcast, we welcome Brandon Williams to the show. Brandon Williams is the Baltimore Ravens nose tackle selected in the third round of the 2013 NFL Draft by Baltimore, 94th pick overall out of Missouri Southern D2 school. But Brandon was a stud at Missouri Southern, an All-American, and he shares his powerful story and his testimony uh, here on this podcast. It's about as emotional of an interview as we've done here at Sports Spectrum, and I loved it. I love that Brandon was willing to show that emotion, to let his guard down a little bit and just go where God was going to take him. And you hear uh, Brandon share that and get emotional when I ask him about his testimony. Uh, And his testimony has a lot of layers to it. It starts in college. He grew up in the church. And you hear him talk about a real poignant moment at Missouri Southern uh, that changed his life forever. And then that rededication to God that so many of us have uh, that happened er early in his career in the NFL. Brandon in 2018 was a Pro Bowl selection, stud defensive tackle, got a contract extension with Baltimore in March of 2017, and now entering year seven of the NFL as we get ready for the 2019 NFL season. Brandon will also be featured in the newest edition of Sports Spectrum magazine titled Defenders of the Faith. And we talked to Brandon a little bit about defending that faith And you'll read more about that in the newest edition of Sports Spectrum Magazine, which you can get at sportspectrum.com. Let's listen to Brandon Williams, a very powerful, a very emotional conversation with the Baltimore Ravens nose tackle here on Sports Spectrum's podcast. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Looking forward to talking to you and diving into your journey and you're entering year seven now as an NFL player. Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Year and, seven. But you're entering your first few weeks as a new daddy to your third child. And so I want to start yes. there, just seeing on Instagram your your beautiful little one born in early July, baby Ramey. Tell me about that experience, Brandon, uh, what that was like and becoming a dad again, but this time to a little girl. Man, it was the most nerve-wracking, most beautiful, most amazing experience I've ever had. Um, just having two boys already, um, being a dad, you know, being a boy dad, wrestling, hanging out and all that stuff, <laughs> like pretty much tearing up the house. <laughs> and now yeah. we, we have this finally, we have this girl, you know, and we have this little beautiful bundle of joy. And now it's the daddy mode just totally switched from wwe running around the house craziness to just soft and sweet i just melted man like as soon as she came out i saw her i just melted my like my my heart and my eyes like just everything just lit up and just this love just shot out to her just it was just it was a surreal experience um 
Uh, it's just seeing her every day, just seeing her smile, seeing her, you know, giggle, cry, fart, whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> it is just amazing. Um, I, I don't know how in the world, <laughs> like, I don't know how that I got so blessed that we got so blessed. Me and my wife got so blessed with a little baby girl. That's this perfect. Mm. Well, you timed it out right because it was she was born in uh, early July, and then the football season's here just a few uh, weeks later. Seven, eight, nineteen, actually. Seven, eight, nineteen. There you go. Easy, easy yep. to remember, right? And so, <laughs> exactly. As you get going here, uh, you know, and and beginning your seventh year, tell me about where you are excitement level for this new year. You had your first Pro Bowl season last year, and lots of great things happening in your career now. You just turned thirty, so you're not that young guy anymore. You're that veteran now. So tell me about getting ready for year seven and just where you are in terms of being uh, football ready for the season. Um, year seven to me, like this is going to be, I feel like uh, for me, a big year um, just because I, I'm coming off the pro bowl season, having a good year last year and just, you know, having that taste of that pro bowl. I mean, I want to get there again, you know, yeah. like yeah. you just don't want to get there and then just be like a one hit wonder, you know, you want to have sustainability. So that's why I want, you know, longevity in the NFL in the game. And I want to get back, you know, also get more pro bowls, all, you know, all pro teams and, you know, Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one thing you'd tell your 24 year old self when you came in the league and 2013 the lesson that you've learned that now you're in year seven of the nfl you're like man this is what it's like really how how it works here i mean it's it's a, it's a, it's a job it's a business um take care of your body because you are your money maker um that's the biggest thing um also just it's the little things and diet you know and everything just keeping your body being the best profession you can i mean without me having Haloti nada or chris canty or you know marcus spears or anyone like that like it it would have been tough to kind of navigate my way through that locker room because of the simple fact that just they expect so much out of you me coming in as a rookie um but they definitely helped me um biggest thing was like i said get underneath a big you know awesome you know professional um veteran guy and just be under his wing and just learn everything you can. Cause that, that's exactly what I did from Haloti and uh, Chris Canty and Marcus Spears. Like all those guys, like they pretty much were my blueprint of how to become a pro and make it in this league. So I had great teachers coming up. Um, so I just felt like that was my biggest, um, I guess, handicap, my, my, not handicap, my biggest help yeah. in the league was having those guys, having those good veteran teammates to just show you the way and show you how to be a professional, show you how to take care of your body and show you how to be the best player slash Raven you can be. You came from Missouri Southern. Um, I'm not really familiar with Missouri Southern to be quite honest. Yeah, D2 with you. school, small yeah. school, Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, that's it. So tell me about the culture shock, if you will, of coming to the NFL from such a small school like that. Well, let's start with the culture shock coming from St. Louis to a small school. Like, I'm <laughs> from St. Louis, Missouri. You know, I'm a big city boy. Um, okay, yeah. But then going down to Joplin, Missouri, just seeing how much slower it is, how much more peaceful it is. Um, shoot, I started listening to country music right away. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, man, I mean, it, it was just a great place to be for me. I feel like it was the perfect spot for me because it was – Big enough to where you still had things to do. You could still find fun, but small enough to where you couldn't get into too much trouble. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, that's what I needed. Um, just, you know, be focused on football and focus on, you know, my dream.
Yeah. And then when you come to the NFL from Missouri Southern. Yeah. And then when I came to NFL from Southern, it was just a total cultural shock. Cultural shock. Just, I mean, coming from small school to having everything handed to you, to having workout equipment, state of the art, having meals prepped or whatever, you know, just everything under the sun. And coming from a school whose weight facilities weren't as good, whose, you know, anything wasn't as good as coming to D2. And you're coming to a Super Bowl winning, you know, team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, 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 it's humbling. It was humbling. It was reassuring me being a small school player, getting picked third round, two of the, uh, defending champs, you know what I'm saying? Uh, on a great defense, be being a defensive player. Um, it was just so surreal. Um, I couldn't do anything but thank God, you know, to just be at that be finally, you know, reach my dreams, you know, having him in my life and having him propel me to, you know, just kind of propel my drive to continue to just fight for, you know, where I wanted, where I wanted to be in my life, yeah. you know, um, growing up, I, it wasn't the best, you know, of uh, situations, even though I had a great childhood, you know, it's just some things, you know, wasn't there that other kids had. Um, yeah. so me now getting into this position where I'm in the NFL now, you know, I have no reason to tell my kids now, or we can't yeah. have, you know, unless, you know, they are undeserving or they weren't good in school or something like that, you know. So that was my drive. That was my whole dream to one day look at my kid's eyes when he asked me to, you know, do something or, you know, um, you know, for money for something to go somewhere. You know, I don't have to say no because of financial issues. Right. You know, it's because of, you know, and we have the money to do and, you know, we can do, you know, there's not a burden on us for that. And that's what I'm most thankful for you know god give me that you know the talent to you know keep food in my kids mouths keep shoes on their feet and in their back i mean the sport is great and i love the game but that's the real reason i play this game you know i mean the love is there the passion's there but those kids they're forever you know they're, they're my world brandon let me ask you about the moment because i know the adjustment to the nfl some guys get it some have a really difficult time adjusting especially coming from from d2 schools and, and smaller schools like a missouri southern do you remember the moment for you when you just got it and where it clicked where you just figured it out i would say that moment for me clicked my second year or even even earlier um like the end of my first year that end of my first year was the you know, beginning of that year. I had a little foot injury. I had turf toe. So I was in and out. Um, I finally was gone for five weeks and then I came back and I was in and out of the rotation and I'm trying to get out there. I'm trying to prove my worth, show my worth. And it's just, I'm not in the rotation and I'm still trying to deal with the foot injury. And it's to like, when I was, a, when I was in college, the only time I, I used to say the only time I'm sitting on the benches if I'm getting paid for it. Right. Yeah. But now that saying wasn't sitting well with me, you know, um, especially, yeah. you know, me, you know, being a competitor, being, you know, modern day gladiators out there every Sunday, you know, you just have that, you know, that com competitive gene in your body that just says you need to get out there and, you know, be in it, be in the mm -hmm. show. And that, I guess it was toward the end of the year and it's just talking to my coach, uh, Clarence Brooks, CB, God rest his soul. Um, mm. yeah, I, I just like, we were in meetings, meetings got let out. I stayed behind, closed the door, locked it. I'm pretty sure he got scared and thought I was going to beat him up or something, but <laughs> I just <laughs> stopped and just asked him. I'm like, dude, what, what do I need to do? What can I do? 
what do you need me to do so I can get on this field, you know, so I can play, I can show my work so I can, you know, be a part of this team, you know, feel it, you know, and he's like, you're doing great. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. That injury did set you back, but, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. I think that was the biggest moment when he says you were doing a great job because at that point, I did not know, you know, yeah. Me coming in and out, not knowing what I'm doing, you know, me being a rookie. So I'm obviously getting yelled at still from coaches and stuff. So not, not feeling where I'm really fitting in at that point. And then as soon as he told me that, I was like, I'm okay. He Mm, says, I'm doing a great job. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep showing consistency. Just keep getting better pretty much. And then that's what I did. You know, off season hit, uh, I maybe had a week and a half or so of rest and I flew down to Pensacola and just started training and Mm. started training, just started getting bigger, faster, stronger, and just pretty much getting at everything I got in this next year. And season two came and I, you know, I, I guess that was my breaking out season. That was, that was my, you know, come out season. And after that, I just, like, I felt that, you know, that, 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 that first string again, that being out there. And after that, I was just like, I'm not looking back. I can't, <laughs> it yeah. feels too good. Yeah. And I got kids. <laughs> Year seven, as you go into Baltimore, it's rare that players are able to stay with the same team for seven years in this league Mm -hmm. uh, anymore. And you've been able to do that. You signed a five-year extension in March of 2017. Tell me Mm -hmm. about playing for the Ravens and just why it's so unique to be a Baltimore Raven, those fans, the experience and playing in Baltimore. Coach Harbaugh, the same coach for your entire career. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what it's like to be a Baltimore Raven. Man, to be a Raven, it's, I mean, it's the best. I mean, being a Raven is the best thing you could be. I mean, the facilities are great. The, you know, the staff is amazing. Just the, everything, when you pull up to work, you are like, wow. Like, the, I'm like, you pull up to work ready to work because you see how much our owner, Bashadi, puts in our facilities, how he shows, you know, how he believes in us by, you know, his, you know, what he does. Uh, in the facility, he, he he puts up his own money. He we just rebuilt a bunch of new things. We just got a new bunch of great things, and you know you just see how much you know your 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 you know this this franchise, how much this you know brand loves you, how much the owner loves you, how much like from top to bottom of the totem pole, like you feel the love, you know, you feel accepted, you feel like you are a part, and that's the biggest thing. And then when you step in that locker room, it's even it's ten times that. Because that's family right there. That's who you go out, you know, on the field with every Sunday. That's who you go to battle with. That's that's you know your war dogs. Your, that's your those your brothers. You know what I'm saying yeah. your brothers in arms. Yeah. So as soon as you step in the facility, you feel that love. As soon as you step in the locker room, it's like you're just immersed in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's for some reason as soon as you walk through those doors, just that hatred of the Steelers just automatically <laughs> like by osmosis just goes through you. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I swear like. As soon as you walk through those doors, it's like, as soon as I say Steelers, you're just like, like, I don't know what <laughs> happens. You just start like growling. I don't know. But uh, it, it's just the best place to work. I mean, hearing some stories from other places in the league and hearing some uh, just those like what, you know, the, the have nots, I guess, um, what people don't have. And, you know, seeing hearing teammates or seeing teams, go, people go to other teammates and they go, they talk back and forth for how the facilities, how this, that. And you hear that, man. Baltimore is where it's at. You know, if you can stay in Baltimore, stay in Baltimore kind of thing. You know, I I love Baltimore. Um, The fans are amazing. We've got the best fans I think ever. So, I mean, they're the heartbeat of the team. 
Brandon, let me ask you about your faith. We we are a faith and sports podcast. That's a important part of your life. I know that you've been a part of our our conference and pro athletes outreach and the increase the last few years. Your faith is important to you. Your faith in Christ. Tell us where that came from. Tell us about where you started that walk with the Lord. Um, well, growing up, I was always in the church. Uh, I grew up in the church, grew up in choir in the church. I always sang in the choir. So I've always been around church, um, been baptized as a kid, just kind of did that whole thing. And yeah. it got to the point where it just felt like that's we did that because of grandma. You know, we went to, we went to church, grandma went to church and all that stuff. And then it got to the point where I started getting older. You know, obviously um, more questions asked, more things being done. Um, and now I went to PAO for the first time ever, you know, if we fast forward a few years and started, you know, obviously I got off the path and, you know, coming to college, I had a real bad back injury and to the point where football was taken from me and didn't know if I was ever going to come back to playing football. Mm. Um, and it just got to the point where I was like sitting in the, I was sitting in the, uh, I was in the house listening to our team play on a Saturday on a podcast. And cause I was, I had surgery in August. So I was out for that whole season and I just cried. I just bawled. I just, I just, every time I, I just cried, I just couldn't take it anymore. Just being on the sidelines or not being, a, not, not being at the stadium, just not being around the family, my brothers, you know, being there to help. It, it just felt depressing. It felt hurtful. It just felt like everything in the book bad. That's how it felt. And it's like, man, if I could go out there and play again, I, I, I'd give it everything I got. I'd please like, let me play again. Like I didn't know if I was going to be able to play. So I was working on plan B already. I was going in the fire Academy, doing EMT training and all that stuff. I was working on plan B. So, and then come around, um, some summer comes back around. We're doing like, um, summer camps about to start up and I'm at home in St. Louis and I'm at my best friend's house and I'm talking to my, his, uh, uncle John, we call him uncle John, his uncle. Um, he's like my brother to me, my best friend. And I'm just talking to him, Hey man, you can't wait for football season to start back up, man. Can't wait to come down and see you play. I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I'm going back. He's like, he looked at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, man, I, I, what's the point of me going back? Like, I can't play football anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, me thinking this in my head, I can't play football anymore. Like, if I get hit again and something runs from my back, like, I can't walk. Like, I don't want to live like that for the rest of my life. So, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about staying, staying here and, you know, just living life. And he he's like, Brandon, come here, talk to me. So he took me in his little office and he just like, Dude, what's what's really going on in your head? I mean, because I know you love the game. He's like, I love the game, but I just don't know if the game was me. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously this is happening. And he's like, dude, if you if you were laying on your deathbed, would you regret it? Would you regret not trying? Would you regret going out there and not even seeing if you can still even run, jump, swim, play. I mean, I could run, but I didn't know if I could get hit again. And I was like, every day of my life, I probably would. Yeah. He's like, well, then there's your answer. So I looked at him. I was like, all right. And then I started, I had, I went back to school and I got to 
And I'm just like, the whole time in my head, I'm like, God, like, like, you, like, you just, like, it's just, I'm like having this, like, battle right now with God. And this whole point is just like, I thought football was my thing, you know? I, I left home for this, you know? Like, I thought football was going to, you know, get me out, was going to put me on the path of, you know, not having to worry again, you know? And it, it got taken from me. So, in my head, I'm having this, like, why? Like, what, 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 who am I, God? Like, kind of thing. Like, if I'm not meant to play football, then who am I? You know? So, and I'm having this trouble, and I'm going down to school at the same time, and then practice, I get my pads and everything, talking to the guys. I'm feeling good. I'm talking to the guys again, but still in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm just going through the motions right now. Finally get to practice. People are moving around, jumping, hitting, doing all this stuff, and I'm literally trying not to touch a soul. Um, my head coach at the time, Daryl Day, who's now one of my best friends, uh, still my still call him coach. Um he looks at me and is like, Brandon, what are you like? What is this? Who are you? What What are you doing? Get out. No, go sit on the bench because I don't know this player. This player that, that right here, he's, he can't play. He can't play on my team. Let's go. You go, go sit on the bench. And then that's kind of where that, when he said that bench, that's kind of where like the only time I was on the bench is if I'm getting paid for kind of thing came about. And I'm walking to the bench. I'm taking my helmet off. And for some, something, I don't know what it was. Something did not let me walk off that field. Like I get to the sideline, was about to step off the field and I just stopped helmet in hand. I'm just like, look at the sideline. And it came to me in this point. Like it's like, I felt it in my heart. And it's like, if you sit down, like if you, if you go over there and sit on the bench, like that's like you will forever stay sitting down. And that's what it felt like to me. Like that was like saying that, that was said to me. So like I'm getting a little teary eyed right <laughs> saying talk, but like oh man, so like powerful story. I uh, the the next guy's running in to take my spot you now to, to you know get me out of the field. I'm walking. I'm like I just like put my helmet on, run back on the field. I'm like get out. He's like what, dude? I was like get the get out. <laughs> He's like coach is coming up. Like dude, what what are you doing? I just looked at coach. I said run the play. He's like, what? I said, run the play. <laughs> I just yelled. I was like, <laughs> he's like, all right, dude. <laughs> so he ran the play. I, I hit the running back in the backfield. And that's the first time I ever hit something since two years ago, you know? Yeah. Since, uh, since, uh, spring ball, I guess, since my back started having problems when I first had started having problems, spring ball was the last time I hit something before I had surgery. So, wow. And I'm like moving around. I'm like, okay, it felt, felt good. And you know, I'm still kind of scared a little bit. So I'm like, next play, boom, I get another hit. And I'm like starting to smile. <laughs> and I'm starting to smile because I'm starting to feel like myself again. I'm starting to feel like it feels like a power is coming through me that I can't explain. It felt like I was getting my body back my legs back, my back back. I felt like, so like one last play third time. And I'm just like, I'm back. You know, wow. I'm, I make another play and I'm, I'm back. And from then on, um, I, I kept that saying to heart, you know, every time I touched that feel, I gave it everything I got, everything I had. Man. And, what, um, what did that do for your relationship with the Lord? Um, it just, 
it, it solidified it for, yeah. you know, just to, to solidify that he's real, that, you know, he loves me. I mean, that, you know, maybe at that time I wasn't, you know, cause I always think like things happen for a reason, you know, sure. and maybe at that time, you know, maybe I was either too ahead of myself or maybe I was too out there. I don't know, but it kind of slowed me down and like stopped me dead in my tracks, literally. And made me reevaluate and made me kind of just see what that life without football would have been, you know, and who I, you know, just, I guess, you know, cause I mean, obviously it's a privilege to, you know, breathe air and to, to live in this, you know, life. It's a privilege, you know, and it's a privilege to do what we do on a daily basis. And to me, it felt like I was kind of abusing that privilege, you know, being the big man on campus, so on and so forth, you know, kind of having my way any way I wanted to, kind of. And it just kind of halted me and just stopped me in my tracks and just made me appreciate who God was and what God could do, you yeah. know, um, who he thought I was to him, you know, and that's what. Really, not, not Brandon, the football player, Brandon. The team. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you're Brandon Williams, you know, son of God, you know, you're my son, you know, you're my child. You know, I'm here for you at your worst. I was here for you. I brought you through that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's how I felt, you know. Um, after that moment, after that third hit, after I felt like I was back since then on, I was a three time All-American. Defensive player of the year. Yeah. My last three seasons as a as a, in college, you know, defensive player of the year and third round draft pick. <laughs> that Missouri Southern from Missouri yeah. Southern to the NFL, man. Yeah. Now seven years later, Pro Bowler, and going into my seventh year, you know, just you know, saying all that and saying this, coming in my first year in the in the league, and after that first year. We heard about PAO kicking and screaming all the way. <laughs> Did not want to go. Me yeah. and my wife got in a fight. I think at PAO I broke a glass. <laughs> um, and and saying all that, and then ended all that. I end up getting saved as an adult. You know, making that choice for myself yes. and my salvation. You know, to my you know to my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, as I, you know, not, didn't even think I was going to cry. That's okay. <laughs> On this, you know, just me saying it out loud, me realizing it and me actually, you know, um, going through, re going through it again, it's just, so amazing what God could do through your life with, you know, anything, however, you know, however bad you think you're going through it, you know, however, however, you know, you, you think it's the worst of worst and he can use that and make it the most beautiful thing in the world. And this is amazing. Well, it gives you a whole, def whole new definition of the word born again, which is sort of a cliche for Christians a lot of times, but that legitimately yeah. is what happened to you, right? 
It was. I mean, it, it was. I mean, I'm not perfect by any means. Not, you know, I didn't just, you know, get baptized and now I'm like, all right, I'm just like Jesus. No, no, not at all. <laughs> right. I'm not perfect by any means necessary and I'm still working. I'm still trying and there's a long way for me to go. But, sure. you know, I, I just, every day I look at my kids, I look at my wife and I'm just like, eventually, like, like, I have to teach them. I have to be the man of the house. And eventually my kids are going to have questions. Eventually there's things that are going to be, have to be explained that I'm going to have to not explain by, you know, what I've went through in life or we're not explained by, you know, some, some motivational speeches I, I saw or heard on YouTube or saw on Instagram. It's going to be, have to come from the word, yes. you know, and it's going to have to come from my mouth through him. Hmm. You know, you know, you know, you know, through God from my mouth, you know, me, him using me as a vessel to talk to my kids. And that's what I'm going to that's what I'm striving for, to answer those questions that the world doesn't need to answer that daddy needs to answer. Absolutely. Brennan, thank you so, so much for being here on the show and being so transparent. It's really been awesome talking to you. And I, I wonder this faith that you have experienced and it's real for you. Tell me about taking that faith and how you carried that through your NFL career, not just through a conference like Pro Athletes Outreach, but literally being in that locker room every day, being surrounded by guys, not everybody on the team, obviously, but finding those guys that can encourage you, Bible studies. What does that look like living that faith out as a football player? Man, we have Wednesday Bible studies uh, at one of the players' houses. Uh, There's a bunch of people. I mean, I hang out with everyone on the team. And I I like to keep it that way. I I mean, because – God hung out with everyone, you know, like Jesus hang out with everyone, you know, the worst of the worst, and the best of the best. He he was hanging out with everyone. So, and I want to do the same thing because I, I feel like everyone loves me. Everyone likes me uh, in the team. So I like to talk to everybody, you know, those who I can get to that, those I can have time to talk to. But literally like there's been times where I've talked about God in the locker room or I've seen guys or taught, heard guys talked about some things that it wasn't in my best interest. So I was able to remove myself right. Because it's one of those things where you kind of like you, you, you know you you know when the when and where to kind of like you don't want to Bible thump by any means, especially in the locker room. But at the same time, you want to also let the people in the locker room know that God's amongst us, you know, and Jesus is real and all that stuff. So we've had that um, has have had had have had some talks. Sure. Our chaplain has done a great job of you know keeping everyone you know kind of just filled with the word. Those who want to show up, obviously. Um, but yeah, we have our um, couples Bible study, players and wives. Um, the chaplain does a, a men's Bible study sometimes in the mornings. Um, just when people get together, uh, chaplain's room is always open to talk. Um, it's just sometimes for me, communication. I know I've been talking here off and it's going to sound weird to be saying this. Communication for me is tough especially when i'm going through things because i feel like i don't want anyone to know or if i don't i don't want anyone to think less of me it makes complete sense so it's 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 that's i guess my biggest like hurdle right now to get over is just being able to freely speak um freely talk about problems or be fully transparent to where you know other people might be going through this too so it's okay to talk to someone. So that's 
I think that's been my biggest issue of, you know, cause like I said, the, the chaplains had a door open policy for a long time. And there's sometimes I find myself in there and there's sometimes I try to walk as fast as I can by it because at that point in time, I just feel like I'm going through some things or something, you know, it just doesn't feel like I can't talk to somebody. Probably the devil just get a hold of me and just like, Hey, don't just keep it to yourself. Yeah, just suffer. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that, that's the biggest thing. That's a, that's a tough thing for me. But, uh, other than that, man, everything, I guess, to deal with dealing with, you know, at, after, at, uh, religion or not religion god in the locker room or in the facility i mean it's it's awesome all the guys we speak about it there's guys we after having wednesday night bible study come back on thursday hey man you remember that thing or if you see somebody we keep each other accountable you know um the ones who do go to bible study you know or we'll start talking like hey 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 are you living your life right over there? Right. Hey, accountability. You know, just just these little accountability things. You know, and I get caught up in it sometimes, and they catch me. And you know, it's just one of those cool things to know that you've got other brothers in Christ to 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 kind of like bounce ideas off, to lean on, to kind of just have a shoulder to cry on, or just talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the best thing, and I think that's the biggest thing right now of with me and my faith, just communicating, just being able to one communicate with God. I mean, he knows it, but I need to come to him with it. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of have that alone time and finding time with three kids to just have that one on time with your wife, have the one on time with yourself and all that. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. (laughs) Absolutely. It's faith in the locker room, man. That's what it's about. But you play this tough, hard nose in the trench type of position in the NFL at nose tackle. So I wonder what parallels, this might be a weird question for you, but what parallels do you see as a Christ follower and as a defender in football? Do you see parallels there? I do. I do feel like, because there are people every day who are one false prophets or people who are trying to spin the word of God all day, every day. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you feel like you want to be ready in that instance when that happens or you get that person who comes to you and say, hey, you think about what you think about God or I think about this. I don't think he's this, that, and the other, whatever. So you have to be able to stand on your, you know, 10 toes and be able to defend the word of God and defend God and Jesus Christ, you know. Um, So that's where I feel like it's the similarities because, you know, my playbook has a bunch of plays, has a bunch of route, you know, you know, it's got routes in there. It's got formations. It's got coverages. It's got, you know, defensive stunts. It's got games. It's got whatever it blitzes all that. The same thing with the word of God. It's got all the same, you know, game plan scenarios for life mm. and yeah. to defend, you know, what, what is God's, which is everything, you know, you know, so, I mean, that's, I feel like that's what comes to, uh, it comes parallel to each other in that form. Also just being out there, being words for God, you know, defending, you know, him, defending him as, you know, our savior, um, to those who want to desecrate his name or just think less of him or don't think of him at all, you know, just, I want to be that guy to, you know, I'd rather be that guy to say, you know, I believed in God. And when I passed, when I, when I died and, it, it, and if, if it wasn't real, even though I know it's real, then guess what? I'm always prepared. That's right. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather know who God is than not know who his God is and be like, oh, oh, I'm in trouble, yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and that's my thing. I just feel like me defending my kids when they get old enough or me defending my wife when, you know, no matter what, whether it's social media or trolls or whatever, yeah. anyone out there, you know, just being able to stand on solid ground and say, I love Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and savior. He died for my sins. And, you know, he, he is above all everything. He's above everything. Everyone, mm. you know, he's, I am nothing compared to him. Yeah. I may increase him. So I may, de- I may increase him. So I, I may decrease, uh, I may decrease. So he may increase that. That's it. John three thirty. The whole reason the increased confidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one of my questions. So, what does the increase mean to you? You just said it right there that he might increase and that we might decrease. Exactly. So that's what that whole, that's what it means to me. I mean, every year I feel less of a struggle to go to PAO and more of like happy to go there. Um, because right. at the same time, you know, devil's still around and he, you know, he's real. So he, tries yeah. to keep you from that's why you have arguments before you get on the plane while you're going to the airport at PA like he doesn't want that <laughs> so it's yeah. up to us to get in the word and defend you know God and what he's in his kingdom Brandon thanks so much for being here man this has been an amazing conversation let me end this with a question that we ask all of our guests here on the show and you might have answered that in a lot of the different ways that you've you've shared already in our time, but what are you learning from God today? Mm -hmm. Because I believe as you enter year seven into the NFL, as you become a new dad for the third time, as your marriage continues to go strong, we learn something new from God almost every day. So what are you learning from him today as you prepare for year seven? I feel like I'm learning right now how to be free, how to open up, how to how to how to not be ashamed i guess yeah. if that's you know um in romans is it romans 116 yeah yeah and I, I i just don't want to be ashamed when i walk out of my house i want to know who i am and i want to know what i stand for brandon williams baltimore ravens nose tackle getting ready for year seven in his nfl journey lots of Great years ahead of you, I'm, I'm sure, my friend, not just in the NFL, but certainly in life with this new little one uh, welcomed into the world. Congratulations on all that you've accomplished so far. Thanks Thank for being you. here, and I uh, look forward to giving you a big old hug, although I'm a lot smaller than you, so don't hurt me, but giving you a big old <laughs> hug when I see you at PAO next year. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. And many thanks to Brandon Williams, Baltimore Ravens nose tackle, for joining us here on Sports Spectrum. That's as emotional of a interview as we've done, and uh, I'm I'm a better person for having talked to Brandon Williams because I think it's it's one thing for us to all go through uh, difficult seasons and, and and having these moments with connecting back to God. Uh, it's another thing to be as transparent and as uh, emotional about it as Brandon was. Uh, and this is a big dude. This is a six hundred, six foot, three hundred pound defensive tackle with the Ravens who just let loose. And I loved it. And I'm so grateful for Brandon and thankful that he joined us here on Sports Spectrum. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. 
He's at Brandon W underscore 66. Brandon W underscore 66. What a great dude. And I was serious. I can't wait to see him hopefully at our uh, PAO conference in February and give him a big hug and uh, just uh, really appreciate him coming on the show. And I hope you guys will follow him and we'll be cheering him on in the 2019 NFL season. Also, look for him, among others, in our newest edition of Sports Spectrum's magazine. If you know about Sports Spectrum, you probably know that our magazine is the foundation, the pillar of what this ministry was founded on back in 1985. And we still have uh, the magazine going strong here in 2019. And Brandon is going to be featured in the fall edition, which uh, also features other defensive players in the NFL who are living their faith out for Jesus. We're calling it the Defenders of the Faith. And Brandon's a part of that. So we want to encourage you to get that magazine when it releases so that you can read more about Brandon's story and others in the NFL who are defending their faith as they play professional football. Here's how you can do that. Go to sportspectrum.com. It's a really simple process. It's just $18. I mean, that's a great deal in its own right. 18 bucks for an entire year of Sports Spectrum's magazine. And you just go to sportspectrum.com and you, you subscribe right now. It's really simple. So check it out. Don't miss the latest edition of Sports Spectrum's magazine. Subscribe today. Perfect time to do that with the fall and getting a little colder and football season and then eventually Christmas time. So subscribe today. Go to sportspectrum.com and get the Sports Spectrum magazine. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Reach us on our social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sports underscore spectrum. You can also check us out on our YouTube channel as well, where every podcast can be found, as well as different kind of video content, increased stories, and first-person devotional stories from these athletes can be found over at our YouTube channel over at Sports Spectrum. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. We'll see you next time with a new episode of Sports Spectrum's podcast. Have a great rest of your day.